What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, our 2021-22 Western Conference preview in the NHL. It is myself and Mark Higgins going through each team in the NHL's Western Conference, previewing, breaking down each of the divisions, picking who makes the playoffs, talking about key players. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. Let us know what you agree with or disagree with in the show notes or tweet at us. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. And make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen card wherever you get your pods. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy the hockey this weekend. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, the still untitled bullpen card hockey podcast. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me this week is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Mark Higgins. How are you, my friend? Jordy, always a pleasure. Doing great. Excited to talk some hockey. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got all four sports going on tonight. I think it's like the 25th time that's ever happened. Yeah, MLB, uh, NHL. The sports yeah. equinox. And, you're right. We're recording this Thursday night. We are back. The NHL is in full swing. It's a week and a half in. Every team has played some games. We previewed the Eastern Conference last week, and we were going to do both conferences, but Classic Us going a long time. We're doing the West tonight. And Mark, so far, the season has been a lot of fun to watch. I think ESPN and especially TNT are doing a really good job. I've gotten to see a West Western Conference team in play. I got to see the Kraken Monday night in Philadelphia. What have your thoughts been on the season before we jump into the preview proper? I think it's just been very entertaining, and it's been a it's been a cool a change of media scenery with TNT and ESPN. Uh, just getting a different perspective. I've definitely enjoyed that Wednesday night TNT show with uh, Biz and Wayne Gretzky. I don't know. I'm, I'm pumped. I love hockey. I'm playing fantasy. I'm in a league with you. It's just been it's been exciting. Every night seems like there's a you know, a great game on, and a lot of young stars in the league. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, it's been definitely a lot of fun, and I agree with you. That TNT show, both the kickoff last week, and I didn't get to see last night because I was at the Flyers-Bruins game, but it's been awesome, and I think they've done a really good job, and I think the quality of hockey that we've been getting out of the gates really good and classic you know, any sport at the start of the year. There's some shockers, both positive and negative, such as the Sabres being 3-0 and uh, right. or the number of different players that have more goals than single teams, mainly the Montreal Canadiens. But in the Central, which is where we're going to start, so far we're seeing the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild at 3-0. St. Louis maybe recapturing that 2019 form. We have a couple Ofer teams, Winnipeg, Arizona, and Chicago. And then all the rest of the, those teams are in the mix there, having all played three games, Dallas, Nashville, and Colorado. Colorado 1-2. and two. But Mark... Let's do what we did last week. We're starting with the central. We'll start at the bottom and go through team by team. And who do you have finishing in eighth place in a now eight team central division? It's worth noting that the Arizona Coyotes move in from the Pacific division because of the addition of the Seattle Kraken, giving the central now eight teams. What do you got for eighth, Mark? 
That's a great transition, Jordy. You just mentioned the team I'm going to go eighth with, and I think it's an obvious pick. Everybody listening, and oh, yeah. you as well, I'm sure, picking them. Um, obviously, Arizona Coyotes, they're clearly uh, in rebuild mode for this season, if not the next two two or three seasons. I mean, they are I – don't, I, don't I don't, like, really even know who they have besides Clayton Keller and, like, Gothispear, uh, Castle. Chikern? Yeah, he's a good young defenseman. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. They're 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 sort of a mess, and I, like, it'd be cool to see them surprise some teams and maybe you know make a run. But I, I just don't I don't see it happening. And I mean, I, there's not much to say about them. Like, well, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you're right that it's this team that's taken on quite a lot of salary caps. They took on cap dumps. You mentioned Gossis bear. They literally didn't send anything back to the flyers. They just took them on to be a cap absorber for a lot of teams. They have between them. They have three first rounders, although technically, or no, it's just a, a swap is their third one with the Montreal Canadians, but they have three first rounders and four second rounders in this upcoming draft. So they're clearly in rebuild mode at least for this year they have a ton of pending ufas so maybe they're trying to see you know what can we rebuild phil kessel's on the last year of his deal louis erickson both of them making over six million dollars they have andrew ladd for another year after this but i feel like that's a guy he's getting paid 5.5 probably don't want him long term maybe you try to use him in some sort of trade andrew ladd who's been traded i feel like a billion times over the course of his career um but they, I think, just want to make sure, because they have Clayton, Kirsch, Clayton Keller, excuse me, wrong sport, it's all Clayton K. Um, they have him locked up forever, same with Chichern. And I don't know, They, I think they don't want this to go on too long, because it feels like they've been chasing forever since, you know, 10 or 9 years ago, 2012, when they lost to the Kings in the Western Conference Final. It feels like they've just taken a dive, or taken a dive, excuse me. You know, obviously they went for it, getting Taylor Hall, two years ago with the COVID year. And then that kind of fell through because of COVID. So they're in a position. I think that they want to figure something out. Both of their goalies are free agents after this year. Um, Vigmelka, their one goalie who's on an ELC. They'll probably try to resign him and maybe go out and find a free agent goalie, a veteran, maybe see if Carter Hudden works out, although he hasn't been having a good season so far, but yeah, I think, they're in this position that they want to figure out their lineup going forward. Like they're going to, this is probably until they find a core around Chichern, around Keller that they're not going to really be in a position to make serious moves. And I think last place, that's exactly where they want to be. They want to try to do what the Sabres did to get Eichel, what the Oilers did to get Connor McDavid. I feel like that we're going to start hearing rumors of these rental players, your Kessels, your Ericsson's, Hell, you're Ryan Dezingles, who they signed to a one-year deal. We'll hear those those trade rumors probably around the Olympics. I don't know where the, where the trade deadline is. I'm sure it's after the Olympics. But I'm starting to hear that about them. I feel like that's probably the top story for this team. Yeah, they just have a bunch of, like, old veterans that no one really wants and a bunch of young guys. I mean, and building around Clayton Keller, I don't even know if he's necessarily the chess piece to do that. I mean, he's had... He's been in the league for four or five years, played three full seasons, and he only has one season over 20 goals. So is he the guy? Like, I don't even know. Yeah, he's super skilled. Yeah, I'm not but... sure. Yeah, they're, they're 
gonna need to figure something out, but I don't know. This is the pr- this is the plan for them right now is to purposely lose games. There's also something weird with them of I'm trying to find the story, but something with their building that they're gonna get kicked out of their current building and they may go back yep. to the original arena in Phoenix that they used to share with the Suns because right now they play. Their arena is basically like in a mini mall. We went there a couple years ago on a yep. bachelor party. It's across the street from where the it's in Glendale, across the street from where the uh, Arizona Cardinals play. So there's kind of a sports complex kind of thing going on, but it's kind of a weird stadium. There's giant pillars in the middle, like in the corners. So there are, it's not really a bowl in the upper in the upper area. It's kind of four sets of bleachers. So if they move into Phoenix, maybe that's something. That could end up being good for them. I know they have a new owner, but there's also the prevalent rumors with them moving to the central of, are they going to move? Is Houston a destination for this team? So there's a lot of weird stuff going on. And there has been for years with the coyotes when the NHL had part ownership of them and all that stuff. So I feel like, unfortunately that's still there and it's more prevalent than ever, but in terms of the hockey operations, they're just trying to lose games. And then they got rid of Connor Garland over the, off season, which I didn't really understand. He had 39 points and in 49 games adapted. last year. Right. And I mean, they'd almost be better off just getting rid of their entire team and, and asking the NHL to do an expansion draft for them. Yeah. I mean, I, that's basically what's going to happen is with the amount of pending UFAs that are coming on this year of their forwards, they only have three guys on contract for next year. They have two guys that are RFA and then they have, four defensemen on contract for next year, plus one guy RFA and then two pending UFAs. So they're going to be a completely different team next year. And like I said before, uh, Vegmelka, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Their goalie. He could be a, he's an RFA. And then Carter Hutton, they only signed to, I believe a one year deal. So he's UFA. So maybe they keep him on if he impresses them enough. I don't know. They, they have a lot of dead cap space and all this different stuff between Darcy Kemper, who they let go, and he's he's in Colorado. We'll talk about them in a little bit. And Oliver ekman Larson, they retained a lot of cap on him, almost a million dollars. So we'll see what happens with this team. But you're right. It's basically going to be expansion draft in the form of free agency next year. I think they're going to win the title of worst team in the league this year. I think I their totally Buffalo is going to beat them out. So. We can probably move on. Yeah, let's to, move uh, on. Who do you got next? Yeah, this was uh, this one was tougher because I didn't really. This is a tough division, right? This is probably yeah. the best division besides the Metro. This is a tough division. I don't know. This is. I guess I wouldn't have said this unless we'd be a week into the season, but Chicago Blackhawks are a mess right now. Yeah, That's, I have them pretty low. Where, yeah, you don't have them seventh, though, do you? I don't have them seventh, but I have them pretty low. Um, but yeah, they, they're they a mess right now. Marc-Andre Fleury has looked bad to start the year, allowing the team itself has allowed 17 goals over four games. They've only scored eight. And yeah, they're they're in a free fall right now that, I don't know, We there was a lot of excitement around them, having Kirby Doc and Jonathan Taves back, adding Fleury. And see, and obviously Seth Jones, they were, they got in a trade, but so far they've been playing pretty bad. Oddly enough, they're thirtieth in goals against, but they've have a one hundred percent penalty kill rate. So it means they're just playing bad five on five time. And I don't know, it's something that 
I feel like team or people have thought about the Blackhawks for a while and the Blackhawks have staved it off because Patrick Kane's just that good and has kind of put the team on his back a number of different times, but they're in a very strange spot. And I think seventh is not a bad call for them. Um, but yeah, they're in a very weird, weird spot of that. Their bottom six is kind of strange. They obviously have good guys at the top, Patrick Kane and Kirby Doc leading the way. But, you know, Dabrinkit coming off really slow and is minus six, which is kind of shocking to hear. Kubalik, who had that awesome playoff performance, minus three. So, I mean, they're not getting a ton of production from the those younger guys that Blackhawk fans are really excited about. Yeah, and I would have never said this unless they went off to this bad start. I mean, they got obviously clear talent, like Doc, Kane, Kubalik, Dabrinkit, Jonathan Taves coming back, Tyler Johnson they picked up in the offseason. Yeah hell of a player uh seth jones on d i think the problem is their d i, yeah, their I don't d think flurry's i don't think flurry's ever played behind a, a decor this bad since like his early days in pittsburgh i yeah. think that's a real problem and um that can just handcuff a team if you don't have a good back end you know that from the flyers so oh, yeah totally agree yeah it's it's rough to look at i mean some of the goals that they've let up are not his fault he's getting hung out to dry and seeing just everything around him kind of fall apart and I think the Flyers comparison of last year is a really good one because it certainly is that where you have these guys especially young guys on your offensive side of things that really want to take off and go but defensively they're kind of landlocked into where they're they're going and it's you know not the most exciting thing in the world and if you're a Blackhawks fan you're certainly excited about where the team could go but right now you got to be a little worried of what's happening here that, you know, Jonathan Taves yet to get a point. He's playing with Kubalik and Dylan Strom, which should be an awesome line, but right now isn't really producing anything. And they're in a weird spot too, right? They still have the core or the two, their two cornerstones of those Stanley Cups with Taves and Kane, yet they're still, they're young too, and they're rebuilding. And it was so weird in the offseason, like Marc-Andre Fleury uh, ended up there and wasn't too happy about it. That was a start off like a bumpy start. So just like weird vibes from them. Um, uh, it's a super tough division. I'll get into why I think other teams are better than them, but yeah, I have them slotted in as seventh. Yeah. I have them in at sixth. Who do you have sixth? For sixth, I have uh Winnipeg jets. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I don't have them sixth. I had them a little, f- a little higher. Do you want to talk about that? I mean, this is a team that looked really good in the playoffs last year in front of one of the best goalies in the NHL. So please expand away on why they're sixth for you. Yeah, it'll be easier for me to explain just by talking about why I think the top four teams will make it. But yeah. I think I, I I don't know. They're off again. I'm if if this if we weren't a week into the season here doing this podcast, I probably would have had them a little higher up. But yeah, it's granted it's only been three games. I don't have a win yet. I don't know. I just think this division's so tough, and I've kind of like Winnipeg's you'd think they'd be, they do better over the past three years. They still have the same guys they've always had with, um, you know, Connor Wheeler, Morrissey Schmidt. El, what's his name? Ellers. Yeah. Ellers, I think so. Yeah. How you pronounce it? I, I don't know. I just, this is a super tough division. I think they're going to be right on the cuff of making the playoffs. I just have them slotted in as six and for no other reason, other than they haven't had really any deep, playoff runs and I'm I'm tailoring towards more playoff experienced teams making the playoffs in this division 
Well, they did go to the, the Western Conference Final the year Vegas went and lost the Capitals. So they've, they've made a run before with a number of these different guys. Obviously, they picked up Pierre-Luc Dubois last year. and uh, yeah, this Shifley, po- they still have too. Yeah, and they still have Shifley. They still have Blake Wheeler, who's been hurt. Um, Kyle Connor's a legit player for him as well. And yeah, they, they are a little bit top-heavy, I'll give you that. But they, I don't know, I am pretty excited about them. And I think having Hellebuck, who, yeah, you're right, they don't have a win yet, and they've let up. 14 goals in three games that's not necessarily great but I feel like that and the fact they've only scored nine goals in three games just means that they're on a slow start I don't think that's time to you know throw everything out for right. the baby out with the bathwater. I have them fourth, let's so I'm gonna change mine and make them fifth yeah and I know it's I did not know that Shifley and Wheeler were hurt right now they I have Wheeler in fantasy so that's on me should have done my research sorry <laughs> listeners I'm slotting them in at fifth instead of sixth I'm gonna substitute them with Nashville yeah so I have Winnipeg as my fifth team. Yeah, I had uh, the Natural Predators seventh. I just think this team should go the Arizona route and should try to figure out some sort of fire sale of a number of their different players. They're in a really weird position where UC Soros obviously still there and is a really good goalie. They have a really good top line and a decent second line. Uh, and obviously they made the playoffs a year ago, so it isn't time to really throw things away. But when you're starting to trade the Ryan Ellis's of the world, and you still have guys on your decor that are you're getting up there in age, and I feel like they want to. I don't know that like the fact that they were so willing to trade away Ellis and then go through the rest of their lineup and make you know make all these different moves. I'm not saying toss Yossi away, but if you want to do that and lean into the the tank mode, that's a really good, that could be a really decent opportunity there. But this is a team who got rid of a number of their players. You still have Ekholm, whose name is still being thrown around in trade rumors. And I just think they're a team that, yeah, they're super exciting to go to. National Predators games, probably my favorite away experience. And I wasn't even seeing the Flyers. I just went to a game. But it was one of my favorite experiences of a hockey arena that I've been to. But right now, you know, their bottom six isn't good. And they're really outside of Ekholm. The bottom three of their six defensemen aren't very good. I mean, you can get some decent return. Obviously, Yossi is still a Norris-type player, but I don't know. They're just... I don't think they're deep, and I think, to your point of this division being really good, you need serious depth to make a serious impact in this league. And, I don't know. They uh, they had a weird week. They had a banner week, quote-unquote. They're leaning into all the banner jokes. Finally got their first win. But this is going to be classic Predators hockey. Of In three games, they've let up eight goals. That's less than three goals a game. And only scored seven we're going to see full on Smashville and I don't think it's going to work. You know, you have Dallas that's doing a similar thing and I think Dallas does it better. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's either going to be them or Colorado finish in seventh. So yeah, I have Nashville at six. Colorado I mean, seventh. No, I'm in uh, Chicago. Chicago Sorry, okay. Sorry. Whoa, whoa. I know you wanted some hot takes, but whoa, no, no, that's a little too hot, but yeah. So I got Nashville going in at, as my sixth as team, sixth and guys team. like guys, guys like Matt Shane, like what's he? I, I don't know. He hasn't I done think... a ton since he went there. I mean, he's like a de- he is still a very good player, but is still you know he has not been the lights out guy they signed him to. So I don't know. Yeah, he's he's sort of been overrated his whole career, right? And yeah, I think their best forward's definitely Forsberg. That top line is sick with jo- Johansson. Um, yeah, it's a good line. But like, I'm, I'm a huge believer in Yossi in the back end, and then uh, Saros. Yeah, nothing would make me happier than the Predators doing what they did a year ago, 
and like sneaking their way into the playoffs. That's why they didn't trade Ellis or Eckholm at the trade deadline is because they had something going and they can certainly do that. But yeah, I, I just get a little worried of seeing where, uh, where the team could go from there. Yeah. They don't have a lot of depth on forward or D and, and like, yeah, but I just believe that concerns me. I think six is a good spot for them just because yeah. they have that, that one of the best D in the entire world. And then a young up and coming stud of a goalie. So maybe they can make some magic happen during the season, make a little, have some winning streaks, but yeah, I think six or seven is a good spot for them. And I'll just say I'm predicting them to, to be six. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Now I know we do the playoff predictions at the end, but I'm just going to say this now, my fifth and fourth teams I have as both of the wild cards for the West. Who do you have sitting at fifth? I know we already talked about Winnipeg. I have them sitting at fourth. Who do you have at fifth? Or no, you moved Winnipeg there. Yeah, I moved Winnipeg to my to my fifth spot. That's right. Uh, so I have Dallas fifth. Do you have them fourth? I do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so we can just talk about the stars now. I mentioned it before, very similar to Nashville of a team that's not going to score a ton of goals, but is going to not allow a ton of goals either and unders special and see what this team can do. I mean, they're two years removed from a finals appearance and could maybe make an opportunity to push for it again. I just think last year we saw a little bit more of what they are. They have a really good top six that could do some serious damage, but I think they're, they have the identity of a defensive team that likes to slow things down and grind you out that way and I think they're going to play more to it I think it gets them into the playoffs but I don't think it gets them very high in this division with how high powered the the top teams in here are yeah I mean my whole philosophy with them making the playoffs is just that experience they had making it to the cup a couple years ago and Tyler Sagan's back this year coming off an injury um yeah and again I I have a theme here of just like these top top end defensemen being on playoff teams like Heiskanen, I'm a huge fan of. They picked up Suter on the offseason. Yep. I think the question mark with them, obviously, is goaltending and Holtby and Kadovin. Can they be a, a one-two punch? Um, and that's really – I'm taking a little gamble here having them come in at fourth, but nobody wants the obvious teams, right? I'm trying to have a little hot take here. Yeah, yeah. Um, one guy to, to keep an eye out on is this kid, Jason Robertson. I think he – Oh, yeah, he, he was filthy 45. last year. Did he yeah, win the Calder? 45. Or – he was just nominated, right? He came in second. He came in second, yeah. So he had 45 points last year in 50, 51 games. Uh, American-born. Yeah, I think he's a six-foot-three big boy. I think, so they got some young guys. They got veterans with Pavelski, Jamie Benn. I think their decor is solid with Haskinen and uh, John, John Klinberg. Yeah, I, I just think that playoff experience, the the, the mix of young and, and veteran guys, I think they can sneak into the playoffs. And it, it's really going to come down to can Tyler Sagan regain his form and can totally their agree. goaltending be good enough? Yeah, I think goaltending is the big question mark, right? Like you said. And that yeah, hopefully Sagan is. Obviously, we want to be positive here. I almost had them ahead of Winnipeg, and I almost had both of them ahead of my third-place team. Uh, we'll get to, we'll talk about them, I'm sure in a second, but I just, what concerns me with Dallas is that they play that slow run and gun style. And one of the teams is also physical and can score a lot of goals. Now they also have a big goaltending question. That's my third place team. Then the other two are run and gun high flying teams with some legitimate superstars that I just think Dallas isn't going to be able to hold up. So that's where I'm at right now. They're tier two and two. 
They have a negative one goal differential. And hilariously, they've scored one more goal and allowed one more goal than Nashville. And I feel like that is going to be the exact script for them this entire year. They're going to win around like 43 games and get into the playoffs as a wild card team and then make whichever division champion they're playing in the first round lives hell and go into some sort of six or seven game series. But let's move on. Who do you have third, Mark? Yeah, so for my third team, I'm going to go with St. Louis. Ah, that's mine as well. Yeah, so I alluded to it. The Jordan Bennington elephant in the room is my biggest concern. But, you know, we've seen this out of, out of the blues before, right? Of They've had slow starts. They've had hot starts. And they're steady Eddie to make it into the into the the playoffs and go from there they have still very good depth like they did when they won the stanley cup obviously they were not very good in the playoffs a year ago but you know they still have a lot of really good players i think their back end is still certainly hurting without you know year two without petrangelo um i'd love to see what tory crew can do in year two with fans there and kind of win over the st louis faithful but i think it it comes down to Jordan Bennington and how well he plays, which is why I almost threw them into a wild card spot. But I think he'll get a little more steady this year and the blues will go from there and they'll, you know, get a top three seed and not have to you know, worry about the wild card and playing a division champion. What's your thought on them? Yeah. Just like Dallas, they still have that same core of guys besides pitcher Angelo that made it to the Stanley cup. So I just sent that to my simple formula. I think they're going to make it into the playoffs. Um, Tara Vine, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, the Tarasenko. Russian nasty guy. Tarasenko yeah. coming back this year, bounce back season. They have this young guy who's Jordan Cairo or Cairo, seven points in three games right now, leading the team. Like, yeah, yeah. came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I just think they have a lot of depth on forward. They have solid defenseman, Perio, Per Colton, Periaco, big boy, Tori Crew, Justin Falk. I don't know how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you're, I'm the wrong person to be asking because I'm terrible at pronouncing names. But, yeah, no, you're right. It's it, it's a solid team. That's the best way to put it, them. Yeah, they're, they have a lot of depth with just Ryan O'Reilly, Perron, Braden Shen, Saad. Yeah, I, never, uh, I forgot they picked up Brandon Saad. He was, obviously was on Colorado a year ago. And just a really good bottom six guy. He has been forever with the Blackhawks, even though he's been traded. Also a guy that's like, like Andrew Ladd, but feel like I've been, he's been traded like 15 billion times. But Tyler Bozak, who's just been – he's been around this whole – you know, for his whole career. Just a guy that I feel like is going to help that team just grind their way through a season. You know, Minnesota and Colorado have superstars on their team. And I think that's why they, they finish ahead of St. Louis. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a lot closer than it was a year ago in the Central Division. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that won the Stanley Cup three years ago, right? So, um, this two is – uh, Tampa's won it two in a row. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm forgetting. It's 2021, and I'm thinking two years ago, 2019. You're right, three seasons ago. Regardless, I think is, they're going to be fun. Is Bennington elite? Is is he is he legit? Like, I, I haven't given him that. He's on the verge. He's on the cusp for me. Yeah. But I don't. I wouldn't consider him like a top seven goalie, top ten. What do you think? Um. Top 10's fair. You know, he obviously had an unreal season a couple years ago when they won the cup and did some really good things. He, uh, you know, last year I feel like he got a little 
banged up and didn't totally get it going at a 910 save percentage. And then that dropped at 899 when they got swept in the first round last year. So I, you know, I want to see him recapture that. Although I guess in 2020, he was even worse. He was 85%, 851. But, you know, two, two years ago or three years ago when they won the Stanley Cup, he was otherworldly. He was 927 in the regular season. And then in the playoffs was 914 with a couple or a single shutout. So you, you need to see what he does. He starts a lot of games for the Blues. He started 41 out of, what was it, 56 games last year. So the usage rate of him, I feel like as that goes up, we might start getting diminishing returns. But right. in terms of his ranking, I think I think like top ten is fair. There's a lot of mediocre goaltending in the league, and he has an his career average is nine fifteen save percentage, which I think is fine. And look at you! I mean, as I'm talking about Jordan Cairo, you have him on your fantasy team. I was just about to pick him up, and oh yeah, there he is on Jordy's team. Oh yeah, oh I know I know him well. But yeah, so we have both of the Blues third. Do we both have the Minnesota Wild second? Um, I just did a Tony Romo. I <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Jordy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> where they're they're sliding into my second spot. That's where I have them penciled in right there. You go first on why why you think they're there. I just think another year of them, year two of Kaprizov, who was your Calder winner and signed a massive ticket in the off season. This team. They're starting to really come into form, right? Of a couple years ago where we didn't know where this team was going when they they had all those front office problems. They've really stepped it up. And a lot of it right now is on the back of Cam Talbot, who has 9-11 save percentage, which is awesome. And I don't know, this team, the only problem I'd say with them is that they're, right now at least, not very well disciplined. They're towards the bottom or top depending on how you want to rank it in penalty minutes they are one of the most penalized teams and their penalty kill is not very good 71 percent, 24th in the league right now but their power play and goals four are both top 10 they are going to be a very high flying team that i think as talbot settles in a little more we probably see that save percentage fall a little bit i don't want to you know obviously i don't want to speak ill of a very good goaltender but a guy who gets a very high usage rate or at least he traditionally has. He did in Edmonton forever. Uh, he did not when he was with the Flyers for that half a season, but that's when the Flyers had 28 different goalies playing. But as he gets used more, I feel like we're going to see a diminishing return there, and they're going to need it, right? With Kaprizov, with Zuccarello, who's off to an awesome start. Fiala's always been pretty good for them. Same with, they've just picked up Marcus Foligno. Golikowski, I feel like, is going to be a real important player for them and seeing where to go. And then the back end for him is really solid. It's, it's actually... I feel like an underrated defensive core that they have with Matt Duma, with a bunch of other guys, uh, Jordan Greenway, and, and the, the whole crew there. So I'm excited to see what they do, and I think they could fall down. They could be like they could not have home ice in the first round. They could be third. St. Louis could really figure it out because of the veteran stuff we were just talking about. But they, yep. I'm buying into the hype of the Minnesota Wild and seeing where they're going because they're in a really they're on an upward trajectory, just not for. Not just for this season, but going forward. Yeah, it's hard to put into words. It's just a, a unique buzz around them this year. I don't know. It's an exciting team. The past 10 years or whatever, how, how, however long, Minnesota's always been sort of like a boring team, mundane team. And this is the first time in, in 10 years since Paris Dan Suter are on the team. So it's new faces, a lot of young guys. 
I, I like there's so much depth on forward. Um, I think it could be a breakout year for Eric Sinek, their yes. first line center. I like his game a yeah, lot. Big really boy, six three. You got Spurgeon and and, and Dumba on D. Um, Goligoski. Yeah, I, I like their team. I like the buzz. I'm I'm on the train. I think they're going to finish second. And yeah, I, I'm a little suspect about Cam Talbot to be honest. I don't know. Yeah, he is high usage goalie, so it's certainly that. Uh, and also, my bad, I said Jordan Greenway was a defenseman. He's their second line left wing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Goligoski and the Spurgeon, it's really good. Jonas Brodin, I feel like a guy that does not get a lot of talk, but is always like, this is going to be a really bad and really weird take, but he always has like a high rating in NHL. So if you do like a fantasy draft or you're doing franchise mode, like it's hard to get your hands on him. But if you can, he's like a solid player that way. And it's reflected in real life that he is a very good lockdown defenseman playing with Matt Duma. I feel like they could get some some serious damage done there. Uh, I know he's not on the power play, this uh, Brodeen guy, but he's a very good penalty killer, and I feel like a really physical defenseman. So, I don't know, this team is going to be really fun, and you're right. They found an identity that's a little more high-flying and, and fun, frankly. I think Billy Guerin just coming in there really changed the vibe and identity mm-hmm. of that team. And, um, yeah, they got – keep an eye out, too. They have Matt Boldy, American – for uh, 12th overall pick in 2019 draft, he ripped it up in the World Juniors. Say, He's World uh, Junior also hero. on their team. So. A lot of that 2019 yeah. or last year's World Junior team, 2019 picks, are make, either making their debuts or are, I guess, full rookies this year. And it's going to be really fun. We'll talk about some of them in the Pacific Division preview. But, Mark, let's talk about them. Our combined division champion, hopefully it's Greg's, but Greg likes to go against us, the Colorado Avalanche who are coming back in with another load of hype to them. They've had a little bit of a slow start after picking up Kemper. They are, I mentioned it before, they are under 500. They are 1-2. One and, one and They've scored 10 goals, but allowed 13. Kemper's had a little bit of a struggle to them. Nowhere near the time to hit the panic button. But Mark, how excited are you for the Colorado Avalanche? Yeah, I mean, they're stacked, right? They've been building and building and having a, like this young core who are now in their prime. Oh, yeah. um, they're, they're, I think they're ready. Some of them aren't even in their prime yet, and they're unreal, like Kel McCarr. Yeah, I think that and Bo Byram, he's a yeah, He's a rookie. He's unreal. One of said unreal. 2019 picks. He is unreal. He snipes in his first game. And this is a team that just got lit up by hot offensive teams. They lost to the, the Caps the other night in a wild 6-3 game. I saw highlights of that on, on SportsCenter. Fun. And then they lost to the Blues the other night. But they took advantage of a Blackhawks team that I think a lot of people were expecting to maybe pull off the upset. Right now they're playing Florida, which is currently 1-1, which seems really slow. Then they played Tampa on Saturday night, which I feel like is a bit of a missed opportunity of not having like this be a TNT or ESPN special on a Wednesday night and being like two high flying teams, potential cup matchup. Here you go. Over yeah. seven. Goals. Unless, unless McDavid and Drysdale are on the same line, this is the best first line in hockey. Oh my Atlanta, God. Scott, it's incredible. And Rantanen. And then they have the best B core in the NHL by far. Yeah. They got the two Johnston guy, USA guys who are on team USA in 2010, Eric Johnson, Jack Johnson, Ryan Murray's the solid D Gerard and Byron and McCarr. Young I mean, physical, offensive defenseman. Makar, I mentioned, is just incredible. 
that second line too with Burkovsky, Kadri, and Maltsev is really good. And I feel like is it's crazy that it's a second line because obviously Kadri has all the you know suspensions that surround him and all that, but is physical and knows how to score and can set up guys like Burkovsky, Maltsev, and they just their bottom six are just really good players that are going to find the back of the net and make it so that you, if you're an opposing coach and trying to strategize against this, it's not like you can just go, all right, we need to shut down the first line and go from there. No, you really need to think about this. You need to use your defensive players and play and strategize to this team because otherwise, if you just try to shut down the first line, the Kotsi, Burkowski, Maltsev line will just step up in their stead and go really off on them and just tee off and have a field day. The only problem I would say is health. Obviously a number of players, including on that first line have had health bombs and problems with that throughout the years. And they've slipped up here and there. It's, you know, as they were getting older, it's why they either had some slower starts or would end up being like the two or three seed in the, the central division. So that's probably my biggest concern that and seeing Kemper get into his own, but I think that's going to happen automatically. Yeah, and Kemper's put up some solid stats in Arizona the past uh, yeah. few years. But, like, that's the main thing. You say injuries. The main thing to me is goaltending, and I think their yeah. D is good enough to, to bail them out. But was it – is it a gamble? Did they gamble? Is it going to pay off to get to not protect Grubauer, who's now on uh, the Kraken, and, and go with Kemper instead? Like, that's that's the question mark for me. But other than that, I think, yeah, I think everybody in the follows the NHL would pencil them in as the first team in this division without a doubt a thousand percent uh all right let's keep it moving because i know you were on a time crunch pacific division mark this one is uh not as exciting as the central so i think this can be a little quicker who do you got coming in last place in the central yeah they're off to a solid start here for them at least at two and two but i got uh anaheim mighty ducks in my eighth spot yeah, that's a, it's a pretty solid selection there. And, yeah, they've, they've started off to a good start. I feel like it's another year of California slowing down a little bit. Uh, but the Ducks, they're a couple years away from being really good. I mentioned it. They have Trevor Zegras from that World Junior team from earlier this year who's just been actually pretty good for them. And they have a number of young guys, too, that'll do well. But they're also in a division with Vegas with a surprising number of other teams that could make some noise, but it's clear that they're a couple years away with how young they are. And the cool thing about them is they do have a lot of young Americans with, uh, you know, Zegris, Troy Terry, Sonny Milano, um, even Cam Fowler. I mean, he's not young anymore, but, um, Shattenkirk's American, right? Shattenkirk as well. I think John Gibson's American too. They're goalie. So yeah, a little team USA action going on in uh, Anaheim, but, I don't know. I, I didn't know who else to put it eighth, and I just saw them and went with it. I, I, I think Raquel's off to a good start. He's almost a, like he's thirty goal scorer a couple years ago. Obviously, gets laughs on at the end of the line for him. Um, I just I, I don't see them being a good team this year. I think they're a few years away, but they, I think they do have a, a bright future ahead of them if they keep uh, drafting well and and um, having these young guys, you know, progress. Yeah, that's that's a good point there. Of it's just a couple years away. I think that's the best way to put it. Uh, I think they'll surprise some teams here and there. They might win a couple games they shouldn't, 
and these guys just gain confidence, but I think it's going to be a slow year for them. And I don't think they're near Arizona levels of bad. And I don't think they need to be in Arizona levels of tanking. Cause I think they have a number of guys. It's just, you need to get them the experience and sprinkle it in there. And that's the Anaheim playbook, right? It's just have these guys play together forever. And it eventually they start teeing off. It's what happened when they won the cup in 07, that and getting Chris Pronger. And then it's why they've almost made the cup so many different times in the, the 2010s. And obviously they didn't do the thing, but it worked out really well that they were the one seed in their division, that they'd win a couple rounds they'd get to the Western conference final. And I think that's what they're trying to get back to now, but it's just a couple years away. Yeah. This division is probably one of the hardest ones to protect, to predict who's going to be in last. Cause there's so many teams who could just be t- so bad. Yeah. I totally agree with you, uh, but let's keep it moving. I have the San Jose Sharks seventh. Do you agree with that, or do you have anybody else? Um, yeah, I think that's a good that's a good pick, even though they're two and zero right now in two games. But yep. yeah, why do you think they're going to be seventh? I just think it's similar to a team that built their core. I just think their core is it's still there, and they still obviously have Eric Carlson, who's you know thinking that he's still one of the top guys in the league and everything. But I just think another year of those guys getting older and their line combinations not necessarily getting terribly younger. And, you know, going forward a couple years ago, really, it seems, has cost them. And I don't know, they've been pretty bad for a couple years now. And I just, I can't see them really making a serious move where they're going to get out of that. You know, they have some UFAs coming up that are, you know, maybe going to give them some cap space and maybe they can try to bring some guys in, but they don't really, they, they have some young guys. I just need to see what they're doing that, you know, to really have an idea of what their future is going to look like. But other than that, you know, they still have, a, you know, the decor that's been there forever of Carlson. Obviously he's only been there for three years. Brent Burns and Vlasic though, guys who have been great players for him, but I just need to see what they look like and see if they, can get something together because the bottom half of their lineup is super young, super inexperienced. And I just don't know what ends up, you know, how that's going to totally work for them. No, I hear you. Yeah. I'm going to, this is so tough. I mean, yeah. I, my, my seventh team, he's going to be Calgary. Okay. And yeah, I, yeah, I don't have I Calgary love, very high I, either. And I love the flames, but I don't, have I love the flames high. too, but like, I think that it's pressure is going to get to them and, they're going to blow their team up in the middle. They're going to start trading guys away. I yeah, think that's, chalk... a, that's a pretty good call about the Calgary Flames. Uh, I have them sixth, so we might as well just jump into them now. Of, Yeah, they have a lot of great names of Kachuk, Goudreau, Lindholm, Backlund. They just signed Blake Coleman. They still have Noah Hannafin. But they, I just feel like, have really fallen off a cliff from a couple years ago where the Battle of Alberta was must see TV. They had the goalie fight and everything. I don't know if Jacob Marstrom and Vladder are going to be a good combo for him. That's just a lot of huge question marks. It didn't really work out last year. Now, granted COVID was a big part of their team identity a year ago, but I don't see this team making the playoffs. I almost thought they might backdoor their way into a top three spot just because of how some of these teams look. Um, But I have them in Seattle kind of in that same mark of teams that just don't really have it totally together. Although I do kind of, I like the bottom six for Calgary a little more. I might, I might flip them in Seattle and put Seattle in at sixth and Calgary in at five. But both of these teams, I don't know. It just feels like they're 
some really big holes in in various different units, whether it's the fact that they have like Tyler Pitlick in their second line with, with Coleman and Backlund, or at least that's what it looks like on uh, our friends at Daily Faceoff. It's, I don't know, it's just concerning of what they're doing. And I it sucks because I really like the Flames. I was been super high on them forever, but I think you're right. I think they start off slow, which right now they're in last place. They're 0-2 or 0-1-1, uh, but two losses nonetheless. And then I, I don't know if they ever really go get it going. They only have scored four goals on the season. There are teams that have more goals than they do. And I feel like they end up in some sort of Buffalo blow it up kind of thing and try to get a high draft pick. I don't think it's Arizona bad, but I think this is going to be a bad year for them. Yeah, I think Kachuk's, Kachuk's the only safe guy on that roster to yeah. stay there as a flame. And like, if they don't get off to a good start, I can see them blowing it up, which is why I have them in as seventh, because they do have high expectations. They do have these top top end forwards that just aren't producing like they used to with Monahan and Goudreau. Uh, granted, it's been two games, right? I could be completely wrong. Yeah, this absolutely. is just a prediction. I have them going in uh, at seventh. I don't like their D. I don't like their goalie. Um I love Kachuk's game. Lindholm, solid for. I used to have him in fantasy. He's nasty. Um, I just, I just think their times running up. Like the, these guys have needed to make a step over the past couple totally seasons, agree. two or three, and they haven't. So I think they're uh, going to make some trades. Yeah, and I think it's telling, right, that Goudreau is a pending UFA, and they haven't really figured it out. And granted, Kachuk is a pending RFA, so I think maybe they want to lock him down and figure out what's going with with that but like the only guys that they have long-term locked down are Blake Coleman and Rasmus Anderson and then they have Chris Tanev and Noah Hannafin for a couple more years but like I don't know it's it's something to be concerned about and I think you're right I think there's some traits that get done here to figure out what uh what they want to do and where their identity wants to be going forward and I don't know if that includes Johnny Hockey I think he ends up becoming, he's 28, he's getting paid 6.7 a year. I think that ends up being a, we're going to send him out as a rental to a team that wants him, Colorado, go take him, have fun, throw him on your third line and watch yeah. him just light it up. He does have a no-move clause, which it does not say, it modified. Uh, so it, he needs to submit a five-team list is what it says, but I would think that five-team list is like Arizona, Seattle, L.A., uh, Columbus and Detroit is probably what it is. Uh, like teams that aren't making the playoffs. So I don't know, but it, it, I think you're right. Um, all right. So do you want to give a thought on the sharks and then we can keep moving? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm torn between with five and six with the sharks and uh Kraken. I yeah. don't know which way it's going to go. So I guess I'll go with the Kraken as my sixth yeah. team, just because they're brand new. I mean, they're they're just off the based off the start that they've had, giving up 19. I mean, yeah, they've played more games than anybody else, but I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't really like their D that much. No. Um, not at all. And I I like their forwards. I think they have some depth. They have some guys who work hard. They have some scoring with uh, Everly. Uh, McCann's off to a great start. I like Schwartz's game. Tanev, obviously, everyone knows from his picture. Gordy, Tampa Bay. I like their forwards. I, 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 I think it's good for the NHL to have a team in Seattle. I, I um, Drew Bauer's off to a pretty bad start. I just, I, What's my main point in front of him is terrible. 
and my main point with this is just like I think we have expectations for them that are going to be better than just based off of how successful Vegas was. And I, I don't I don't think people real, realize how hard it is to, to be an expansion team. Um, and I just think they're going to it's going to fall back down to earth. And I think they'll finish six, which is pretty good for them. And I mean, it's not they're not going to be last in the division. Right. I just have them in in at six. Yeah, I. I saw this team live. They clearly have some holes around their team. Um, you know, they have Giordano as their captain who is not, he's pending UFA and maybe they re-sign him to a hometown discount kind of thing, but can't skate anymore. Yeah. He, he looks bad. And a lot of the guys that are on that team just aren't getting it going. And I don't know, it's, it's going to be a slow season for them. I think they do have a little better talent than I think we initially gave to them with the expansion draft where they also signed some guys. Obviously Grubauer was a huge free agent signing for him, but I, this team is really top heavy and I, their bottom six was bad, at least when I saw them and I don't have a ton of confidence in them. I am going to move them to sixth and have uh, the flames fifth for me. But yeah, I, I think they get some fun games against the ducks against a LA Kings against a San Jose sharks like against those teams. But like watching them play Colorado might get painful because Grubauer's just being left out to dry by a slow defense that really is, you know, they play some physical hockey and they clearly want to identify themselves and show that they're here. And when I saw them, there were three different fights in the game. They were playing physical hockey. They were trying to get after players, not in a dirty way or anything when I say get after, but they were playing hard hockey. But I just don't think they have that same crazy Vegas mentality where Vegas basically went into the went into a the the shootout at the end of the action movie like commando they went in arnie style with the fucking machine guns throwing the the saw blade at the dude's head if you've ever seen commando you know what i'm talking about throws the pipe <laughs> in the guys and says let off some steam these guys are like the fucking like some red shirt from from star trek or like some dude that like some henchman in a james bond movie that gets killed in the first five minutes you know i don't know this team they're not going to make a lot of noise. And I think you're right. A lot of people are excited to think that they could and everything, but I think their plan is a little bit more of a deliberate process to build this team out and hopefully get something around Grubauer. I think it is weird that Giordano's their captain and he's a pending UFA and you haven't really figured out anything probably because you're going to ask him to take a discount is probably the answer. And then just throw him in the bottom half of your, your decor and, keep him as your captain for a few years until he finally retires or maybe retires after this year. He's 38. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, this team is, they're not bad, but they're not, they're not good either. They're just, eh, is the best way to put it. Having seen them in person. Yeah. I mean, in, in motivation, right. These are guys who were not protected by their teams. So obviously there's a mental aspect to it. There, like yeah. there's something there. I, I, again, I have them, going in six which i don't think is bad for an expansion team no i don't don't think so either uh who do you have at fifth yeah a little bit different than you i'm going with the sharks here simply okay because i believe in burns and carlson even though they're getting up there i mean carlson's only 31 but i think he's gonna have a bounce back year i love brent burns um Couture's off to a great start hurdle uh timo meyer i don't know i they used to make some noise in the playoffs, right? I, yeah. I think they were so bad recently that 
people doubt people them now. Them. And yeah. I think maybe I'm just buying can... into that hype or the lack of. Hype, yeah, I guess. and I'm I, I'm just swerving to the opposite direction. I think again, it's a mental thing. No one expects them to be good, so they're gonna be good. Sometimes that that makes you better when people doubt you. And I think that they're gonna make some noise and surprise some people here. And they're I I slotting them in at number five simply due to that. Like they have veterans. They they no one believes in them. So what the heck? They have nothing to lose. And then, yeah, if they get Kane back in the middle of the year or 22 games in, who knows if they're going to keep him? That's a big question mark. But he's only going to help them, right? So in theory, he helps them. But yeah, that's a wild situation. If nobody knows what we're talking about, you just Google it. It's a lot of weird shit, uh, yeah. including COVID stuff and other much worse stuff. Uh, I have LA Kings four. Are you in the same boat with me there? I'm not. No, I got Vancouver oh, you, for. You love the LA Kings. Yeah, I, I love them. I uh, am still buying into Vancouver, even though I'm not very. I think both of these teams are like they're the team that gets into the playoffs. That's like if the NHL did one to 16, these teams would neither of them would get in. But they're both like they're two sides of the same coin, right? Of They're teams that and we'll talk. We'll start with the Kings. Then we'll go to Vancouver. Uh, they're teams that are really solid and. I really do like Cal Peterson a lot. I think this team is going to be really fun and is going to make noise and is going to be around towards the end of the season. I think it's basically a coin flip between them and Vancouver, but they have such a fun young team and they just signed Philip Deneau. I think that's huge. And I think that helps them out a ton. I just, I do get worried that this team, because they have some youth and some of it's really good. It's really good youth that are going to be really good players and seeing what they do. A lot of these guys on their ELCs, is really exciting for them. My, I just am concerned, kind of to your point of playoff experience. We've seen Vancouver, and granted, Vancouver looks a little different than when they went to the went deep in the playoffs a couple years ago. I just get a little concerned with how young the Kings get of why I don't have them in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they're young, yet they have the guys, their core, who won the Stanley Cup with them, with Kopitar still, with Dowdy still. Uh, with and with Johnny Quick being the backup goalie, like I, I don't know, Kopitar is on a tear yeah. so far this year, oh, right? Yeah. And Doughty I mean, is so too. Good. They're both so good. And these and these guys, Doughty especially, is motivated. He wants to make it on Team Canada, and there's rumors that he won't even be on the roster, so he's pissed off. He's ready to play, just like Carlson. Um, I don't know. I and to know now, Kopitar's not going to be matched up against the best, the other team's best center anymore. So that just opens him up and saves his energy for more offense. I think they needed that guy to come in and, and get relieve him of some of those duties. Um, still got Dustin Brown too. Like they still have their core. You're saying they're young, and I agree. But like they still yeah, have their veterans top line too. Is the too. core, uh, but yeah, their their bottom six is is very young. That's you no know, if ands or buts about it. But and that's just they, the question mark. And they've been bad for a couple years now. I think it's just time that the pendulum swings to the other end. I think they're gonna make some noise, and I. I have LA as my third team in this division and I love how they picked up Victor Arvidsson, the guy who's 28 years old. He has a couple seasons with plus 30 goals, one season with 29. Like he's legit slot him on the first line. Um, I don't know. I like, I like their team. I like their core. I like their youth. I like the mix of it. I love Dano picking him up. He's a stud shutdown center. Um, I think it really comes down to Cal Peterson. Is he legit? Can he carry the load for them? Obviously quick can anymore, which, He's a hell of a backup goalie. I think it comes down to Peterson, and that's really going to make or break their season as goaltending. I totally agree with you there. Uh, I think it's going to be really exciting to watch them 
And I think maybe even, depending on how Edmonton plays, I feel like we could be talking about Vancouver and L.A. playing in the first round, which would be pretty cool. That's a throwback to the Twins days and when the uh, the Kings were really coming through the system and when they were winning cups, when both of those teams were firing on all players. That'd be pretty cool. But, yeah, I have Edmonton, too. I'm sure you do as well. Um, I almost put uh, – no, we have to talk about Vancouver. What, what am I doing? Uh, what am I saying? Yeah, Vancouver. They're they're now that I'm looking at their roster, they're legit. Like yeah, they're yeah I have legit. them at four, but I could see them being three, like an LA being four. But who knows? I could be wrong about LA completely, and we can look back on this podcast and be like, "Wow, what was I thinking?" But Vancouver picking up uh, Connor Garland, Tucker Poel, Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah, yeah. They they certainly retooled this team, right? Uh, they still have the big question with Thatcher Demko, and they picked up Halak, which I think is huge. I think having a one-two puncher goalie like that certainly helps them out a ton and thinking that they can make some bigger noise, right? And and kind of follow up a year where they had a little bit of hype. People were expecting them to do big things, and they didn't really do it a year ago. They weren't very good. In a weird COVID yep. year where they had COVID and, you know, half of the – They were hurt a lot. Half of Canada had COVID. They were hurt. But, yeah, they you're right. They trade for Oliver ekman Larson, the former captain of the Arizona Coyotes – they also get Connor Garland in that deal. And I just think they added depth to this team. You move a guy like Nils Hoglander, Hoglander, however you pronounce it, down to their third line, a guy who's just been on a fucking tear since he entered the league. I just think this team is exciting. I think their top six is awesome. And their bottom six could make some noise. It's the same thing in your thought with, with LA, right? Of young guys that kind of need to prove themselves. But that top line is really good. And they make some serious noise. I didn't even realize Besser was still 24 and that Elias Pettersson is 22. You know, they've been in the league for how many years now? And they're that good, right? I mean, he has, Pettersson's not even on his ELC anymore and he only has three years left in his his, uh, extension, which is insane. And then Bo Horvat, who I feel like gets so much taken away with him with how good Besser and Pettersson are. Just a solid captain, really good player. And then JT Miller, who's paid dividends for them trading for him from Tampa. I don't know. This team can make some serious noise. They're a team that can score a lot of goals. The goalie question is certainly there, but I think adding Halak yep. as your 1B is a really good, yep. s- smart play on their part. Clearly, the Braden Holtby experience did not stick as they got rid of him, but it's going to be fun to watch what they're doing. Yeah, I'm excited to see what OEL – Oliver ekman Larson's going to be like, this is probably one of the best teams he's ever been on in the NHL. Oh, yeah. He's been in the league now for a while. So, yeah, take him the pressure on the off of, of Quinn Hughes. Right. Yeah, him, Quinn Hughes. They got Myers to, you know, that big body guy who can shut down other guys. Um, I like their D. Obviously, their forwards are stacked with, I don't even have to, I'll, I'll list off the names that everyone knows it, like Peterson, Bezer, Hovart, Horvat, uh, JT Miller, Connor Garland, nice pickup by them. I like their team. They have a lot of depth. They got good D. Yeah, I don't have to keep harping on it, but I think it's going to be that Demko question mark. Um, so that's why I have them as fourth. Totally. Just because of like they have so much talent. It, can they stay healthy and can their goaltending be good? I totally agree with you. I mean, they just have a lot of experience too. Like they picked up Luke Shen, who's been on. He's been in the league forever, but he was on uh, you know the Tampa team that or both Tampa teams that won the Stanley Cup, and. I don't know. He uh solid physical defender. I think this team, it, it can make some serious noise. I think you're right. The goal quest, goaltending question mark for both LA and Vancouver. 
is big and it's huge for for Edmonton, right? And I think that's why, as I was starting to say before, if both Vancouver and LA, the goalie experiences work, and Edmonton doesn't totally get it together. Although it's weird to think that without the we, what was the stat you found last year when McDavid and Dreisaitl both have a point, Edmonton's only lost like three games or something crazy. <laughs> uh, but if Koskinen and let's move to Edmonton, our our second team. If Koskinen isn't figuring it out and the Oilers don't really get their run and gun totally working, which again is strange to say because Connor McDavid is good to just break off a hat trick at any point in time. And I am not kidding there. He did it Saturday kind of effortlessly. Dreitzel's just putting up, sneakily putting up numbers. If they're not doing that on a consistent basis, which they probably will, let's be honest. Um, and it's why they're second. It's why I don't have them third. It's why I don't have them as a wild card team. They can make some serious noise. It just becomes this Koskinen Skinner, huge question mark. I think bigger than with Vancouver, bigger than with LA. Cause I think you're right. Peterson's really good in LA. And I think the combo in Vancouver is going to work out really well. What they did do, they picked up some experienced defensemen. They picked up Duncan Keith from the Blackhawks who just brings experience into that locker room to help Tyson Berry and Darnell nurse out Tyson Berry, huge pickup. So hopefully the revamped defense helps Edmonton and a team that normally relies on their top two guys. And rightfully so they're two of the best players in the league, but normally relies solely on them when it's a huge team sport. So I think goalies. And then I think the forward depth may be a problem as well, but goalie is the biggest question mark. I think of any of the teams we looked at tonight, the Edmonton goaltending is the biggest, biggest like unknown and worry of mine. I'm going to go a little bit off the, the limb here and uh, be different than you. I got Vegas as my number two. Oh, Mark! Oh, oh! I'm all in on Connor McDavid this year. All right. Just, sell, he's sell carrying them more. to the promised land. Oh, I'm my just, God. I think he's that good. I think this is the year that they take a big leap. Yeah, goaltending is yes. a big question mark, but screw it. Yes. Like, I just – I'm in on them. I love it. I think that they're due. Like, they're that talented, the, the, those top two guys. I think David and Drysaddle. I love it. I love uh, Darnell Nurse. I love the Duncan Keith pickup. Um, this is like a super hot take, right? I'm just, but I'm, I'm putting them penciling, penciling them in as my number one. And I think losing Mark Andre Fleury for Vegas is, I, I don't know. That was suspect. That was a suspect move. I love their one-two punch with Leonard and him. Before now, all the pressures on Leonard. I don't know. He's been kind of off, and he's been kind of. I don't know what to say, like losing it a bit in the off season, just speaking out a lot for good, for good reasons. But I don't, I don't, he's never really been the one a guy before. And can he, can he do it? Can he do it for them? And I, I think he's going to have a great year. I think Vegas is going to make a deep playoff run. I just, I'm trying to sell myself why they're number two. And it's hard to do that because they are so sick and they've had so many good seasons, but I'm, my point is I'm all in on Connor McDavid and, and I think they're going to rightfully make so. a run this year. That's oh, Mark, I love it. I love that you took it. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. He, McDavid is the best player in the league. He and Dreitzel currently tied with Kopitar. Eight points in three games. Uh, they play tonight, later tonight, Thursday, against the Coyotes. And hopefully just beat the wheels off them. Because they should. These are That's like the football games that we talk about in the NFL and college. Like teams that you, Good teams beat the teams they should beat. This is a game that they should win like 4 nothing just absolutely beat the piss out of a Coyotes I, team that'll gladly take take the beating. Yeah, they're going to 
I, and I think they might even just have too good of a season and like not know how to like contain themselves like Tampa's learned yeah, to yeah. do it's where the, they it's, just it's the early 2010s Capitals theory of that they were too right. good when it was, when the Southeast division was still a thing the Capitals would beat the piss out of that division when Tampa was like Stamkos was super young and they were still trying to figure that out and then they get to the and, playoffs and lose in the first round and Vegas might know that the real season starts in the playoffs they're obviously obviously going to get there this division's horrible so I think yeah. they might just like co- kind of coast not like empty the tank and I think Edmonton's just pissed off this year. McDavid's going to break records. Yeah, I mean, they got swept in the playoffs it. when they were supposed to. Like, McDavid had an unreal season. He almost, he he did have 100 points in 58 games, or however many, 56, however many games it was. But I think your theory on Vegas is my same theory as the Islanders last week, of that they have kind of a eh regular season and then just yeah. turn it on to the playoffs. The Islanders have a, have a streak of doing that. I, I should point that out. But Vegas, I and- think the point about Leonard is not terrible. You have him, you have this Brossois, Brossois. How do you pronounce yeah. it? Something French. Mark Stone just got hurt too. Yeah. Mark Stone just got hurt. Patrick too. Yeah. Patrick has been hurt and it's, they trying to figure that out for them is, I don't know that they, they have depth and they always have, but like, and I don't mean this as like a scorned flyers fan, but like Nolan Patrick playing on your third line. I don't care how good of a franchise you are. Like, he just he need he is not going to figure it out right away, and right. I don't know if you're a Golden Knights fan. Your fourth line used to be dangerous, and now it's you know it's just kind of there, and it's not that actually that great of a line of Hoden Carrier and this Lysishin guy that's coming in because of all the injuries. So I, I think if the injury bug continues on this team, and you really have to lean on this top four. That's going to be a problem, but I think to your point, by the time they get to the playoffs, their decor is so goddamn good. So All good. six of them so are awesome. Like I yep. knew, like it makes sense that Zach Whitecloud is their third in their third pairing, but he is such a good defenseman and sets up their players so well. Like if you watch him move the puck, and really because of how bad the NBC Sports coverage was, I'd only see Vegas in the playoffs. <laughs> but watching this team. And how they're able to do it, him and, and Haig, Huig, Nick Huig, how you pronounce the name? Again, terrible pronouncing last names for those listeners that are like, who the fuck is this guy? They get the job done. And then you look at it, you still have the Martinez-Petrangelo top line, which was just so good, right? Two guys that weren't even on that cup run team. Martinez was in LA. Petrangelo obviously was the captain of the Blues when they won the Stanley Cup. And they're just so goddamn good. Just so such great pickups that this team has been able to do over the last couple years. And I don't know, they're uh they're going to be a really good team. I think they win the division just because of the fact that they have kind of built themselves into the class of the division. And yeah. if it wasn't obvious before of talking about that two teams in the central are going to be the wild cards. I just don't think this division's that good. And I think Vegas can take advantage of it, but I, you know, until then I love the Edmonton take, but I think that top top area, once Pacioretty, Mark Stone and, bunch of these guys get back are going to be, you know, it's just the big difference maker, but I don't know. They're, they're in a good spot. Cool thing about them is their, their first line that's penciled in right now with Carlson, Marsha show and Riley Smith. They've been the same line since their know, original they, team. They, they, yeah. They've they been together, together the whole time. The team started. One of the most underrated lines in hockey. I think they're top 10 line. And Oh, I, I totally league. agree. I, they, they play Marcia a full... and Carlson were like, that was, it was their second line, right? When they went to the cup. And they had unreal years, and they've kind of been just there. 
Because Marsha Show, what, had like 40 goals in 2018? They can, they can shut you down and they can score. Exactly. They're so good. But, I don't know, they're going to be a really fun team to talk about. And hopefully, regardless if it's Edmonton, Vegas, I feel like Edmonton, Vegas 1-2 is a pretty safe bet. I think it's Vegas, a step down is Edmonton, a step down is the 3-4. And then a step down is the rest of the division. I think the Edmonton, LA is going to be a fun uh, I almost said pennant chase because of baseball, but a fun playoff chase and seeing what they do. I don't know if either of them are in the wild card picture. Although to go back to baseball, the nationally of uh, both wild cards got completely insane towards the end of this year in baseball when we thought that they were complete layups at the beginning of the season. So who knows? We could be dead wrong. Yeah, I mean, obviously Vegas is the better team than Edmonton, and I think they'll go farther in the playoffs. I just think they've learned that the real season for them, like it's it's Stanley Cup or bust for them this year. So I think they're going to like kind of just make the playoffs, get in there. They're good enough to be top two, finish first or second. But I, just, I think Edmonton's on a mission this year. I think they're just going to totally go all out agree. in the regular season. And uh, I think that McDavid's pissed off, and that's why I have them as number totally finishing agree. first. But could be wrong. I just didn't want to – I kind of talked myself into that with like flurry leave and i think that's a huge loss for them and um yeah they're not gonna they're gonna be like tampa bay last year where or or two years ago when they won the cup and uh three years three years ago yeah go on that alex tuck who has been a very solid player for them is currently hiding on long-term ir i i just happen to go on cap friendly and see the golden knights have a million dollars in cap space which seems like for a team that's going for it it seems like they'd want to use every dollar they have but they uh Tuck is in there, and they still have first-rounders. They have their 2022 first-rounder, 2023, 2024. And the deals that they've gone out and made – now, granted, trading away Nick Suzuki so that you could get Pacioretty is good for right now, but long-term, Suzuki's going to be fucking filthy. So you got to be hurting yeah. there. But who knows with what uh, McCrimmon, this guy, the GM, can do with uh, – a couple they, draft picks and and some player swaps. The thing with them, they they are in a little cap trouble right now. Like yeah. in terms of re-signing guys in the future, they are kind of screwed with that. But then again, they do have so many assets and first-round picks and young guys that they've drafted. So they're going to have to definitely make some moves in the coming years. This year, I think they can still go for it, and I think it's Stanley Cup or bust for them. But look totally out for great. them in the next up and coming years. I don't think they'll be the same team that they are. But they'll they'll eventually bounce back just because of the assets that they have. Totally agree. Mark, any last thoughts before we wrap this thing up? No, just uh, just pumped up. I'd love to see your Flyers doing well. They were my favorite team growing up. I love the guys they picked up. Uh, they beat my Bruins last night, which which hurt. But it was a fun game to still, be at. Still think the Bruins will have a better record, but uh, <laughs> we can t- we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Yeah, I I would agree with you. I think the Bruins. Uh... I had them high in their division, and I have the Flyers as a wild card team, so that's all you need to hear there. But it was a fun game to be at. Flyers showing a lot of fight, and I mentioned it with the Seattle game that Seattle was coming in physical. Somebody tried to check Giroux, and Derek Broussard took it upon himself to get into a fight, ingratiate himself with the Philadelphia fandom. It's fun to watch. But, Mark, thank you, as always. This was a ton of fun. Can't wait for Greg to come back. No no Greg, because he's uh, too important for us with work. We'll have to get his picks, and you'll have to post them I know. Uh, later tonight. I know. Yeah, the uh, the fun graphic that I did. I'll post it tomorrow, but uh, or when you're listening to this on Friday. But everybody, that'll do it. The NHL's in full swing. It's been a ton of fun so far. Here's our Western Conference preview. Let us know 
what you think in the show notes or on Instagram or wherever. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, the bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But for my man, Mark Higgins, I am Jordy Cannell. Have a great weekend, everybody. And let's go Flyers, baby. Peace.